hey, hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Guys, I am so thankful that you're here today hanging out with us in Insurance Town. I've got a great guest today who shares a, gr- a very cool story. We get emotional. We talk about a long-lost brother, literally, that he had found uh, in the industry uh, or found in his life and become a part of his story in his life. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Uh, it's a really, really cool story. And we talk about millennials. We talk about uh, the different generations in the insurance industry. We talk about hiring. We talk about a lot of cool stuff. I'm talking to Co- Tony Canyas uh, with Goodwin Recruiting uh, or Top Hat Recruiting, uh, however you want to look at it. He is phenomenal. Uh, he's got like over 19,000 followers on uh, LinkedIn. He knows everybody. He's kind of like the mascot of insurance. I'm the mayor. He's the mascot. So together, we have a lot of fun on this podcast. I couldn't do this podcast without my sponsors. And I want to talk to you uh, really quickly about Agency Performance Partners. Um, They are your agency BFF. They want to run alongside you and help you to get better as an agency, uh, to become ridiculously amazing. And they've got a new course coming out every single quarter. The one coming out really soon is uh, based around customer service. You've got to check this one out. Uh, The course that I released not too long ago on Apex Commercial, uh, all around commercial is still uh, in the school. And all the other wonderful courses they've got from time management to retention, all built right there to solve the industry's biggest challenges. Go check that out, agencyperformancepartners.com. Also, CoverDesk. Coverdesk is your premier solution for virtual employees. Uh, you guys, uh, virtual assistants, virtual employees, they become part of your team. They're trained in our space. They know our systems. They know our language a little bit. They're fantastic to have a part of your team. So if you're looking to grow your team, if you're looking to add staff, you're looking to add employees, and uh, you're looking for some people to come on non-licensed uh, to do some, some really cool non-licensed work, Go to CoverDesk.com, check it out, tell them the mayor sent you. You'll be so glad that you did. Thank you so much, and uh, sit back, relax, enjoy my conversation with Tony Kanyas. Tony Kanas, what's going on, brother? <laughs> uh, very busy. I'm doing really, really well. So, Tony Kanyas. There you go. But you can call me whatever you want, just don't call me late for dinner. There you go. I like that. Hey, uh, I love it. So, uh, I'm so glad that I've got you on the show. We're going to do your walk down memory lane here in a minute, but um, you know, just a little history. To, I mean, I've known of you for quite some time, listening to your <laughs> podcast and being friends with friends like Broker Brett talked about you a lot. That's one of my boys. And uh, I know you're a good guy. Yeah, dude. Great guy. He's been on the show. Good guy. Hung out with him at InsurTech. But going back to that, that's where I met you for the first time, like live and in person. Here's this yep. guy walking up to me with this camera, wanting to interview me. And he's got this great hat on, the top hat. Yes, there it is. Yeah. So those are watching on video. You can see the hat. And he's got the, the, the jacket on. He's, he's, he's killing a red it. jacket. Yeah, red jacket on top red, hat. Red jacket. You find. Yes. And I had my big paisley jacket on. Uh, everybody knows I'm known for my paisley jackets. And so um, the two of us, we were, we were killing it right there. Right there on the floor. We were out styling everybody. And so that's when I first introduced to you was you and I styling and profiling on the floor in Vegas. Yes. Those watching the, the video, you can see he is looking good, bro. The splash of insurance with the top hat and the, and the long hair. That's right. Yes. 
So that was my first intro to you and uh, just watching you work the crowd and doing your thing. I was like, man, I got to get to know this guy. Only took us a year. Yeah, only a year, but that's okay. Um, But that being said, for those who don't know, Tony Tony Kanye, shoot, Kanye, perfect. Okay. For those who don't know, New Year, let's go back down memory lane. And let's go back as far as you want to, because uh, I heard some pretty cool stories off air. I'd love for if you want to include some of that. Yeah. If you don't, that's fine. So, Leave me to today. So, born and raised in Costa Rica, uh, went to the American school, came to college uh, in the States. Uh, and and uh, I wanted to study computer science. I, I, it turns out if you can't do math, you will never survive computer science. Uh, and, and, and I wasn't liking the programming side either. So, so, so like, it, it just wasn't for me. So I switched over to management information systems. By the end of college, uh, Iowa State, uh, uh, go Cyclones. But by, by, by the end of college, I knew that, that I probably wanted to study marketing, but I was out of time, uh, right? I had four years of financing, mostly coming from my grandfather. Uh, and uh, there was no more coming. And I wasn't a resident, so I couldn't get a student loan. So I graduated with degree management information systems, and then I needed to be sponsored for a work visa. Uh, very, very hard to do. In fact, they told me it'd be impossible without being, without being an engineer. Uh, and and uh, I worked hard, networked my butt off, found a, a, uh, a uh, transportation company that would sponsor me. So uh, a, I was a fleet manager for three years, for three and a half years. Um, and, and they sponsored me for the work visa. Uh, the economy crashes in 09, uh, transportation dies, basically. I get downsized. Right. And, and I was very happy to be downsized because the transportation I, was not my type of business. It's very type A. Uh, everything's always your fault. Okay. So Des Moines, Iowa, huge insurance city, lots of insurance carriers. I end up at the Farm Bureau of Iowa. Um, express claims. So the call center. And I, I was already doing my MBA part-time again at Iowa State. Uh, fell in love with insurance. Farm Bureau of Iowa did a fantastic job with me. Wonderful company. Uh, I started getting insurance education, AICAINS, and uh, within a year, uh, moved over to Nationwide. Uh, I, I, I still in claims were no longer in the call center. Did my CPCU in five months, which was a ridiculously fast time. I, I don't recommend it that fast for anybody, but I do recommend CPCU for everybody, just not that fast. Uh, but that special. is really, really fast. It so, takes people a long time to do uh, that. The average at that time was about four years. Nowadays, it's about two and a half. Uh, but, five plenty of, but plenty of people do it fast. Some faster than me. Um, and basically, I had a special set of circumstances. I already had my INS, my IC, and I had my MBA. So uh, I had uh, I, three tests waived out of the eight. I only needed to take five. And I, uh, nationwide, I was working the, I don't have any kids, uh, and I was, I, I was working the 10.30 a.m. to 7 shift. So, that, so I'm a morning person. And, and my first job in transportation, I had to be there at 6.45 in the morning. So I just kept the schedule. Uh, and, yeah. and I would show up at the Starbucks across the street from Nationwide Des Moines. It's no longer there. It's been moved, but, but, uh, which broke my heart. But I would show up at 6 a.m. and study from 6 to 10 when I'm sharpest. Uh, then I'd go into work, and at about five, the phones would quiet down, and I would study again from five to seven. Uh, so, so, and then in the weekends, I'd study a few more hours, and I was able to get through it in five months. Uh, got super involved with CPCU, both in in Iowa and nationally. Got super involved with Toastmasters. 
uh, and uh, got super in, uh, very quickly, like within three weeks of finishing CPCO, became an underwriter in Nationwide yeah. Ag and uh, became super involved with the Nationwide Young Professional Associate Resource Group. Uh, it was called the Gen Y ARG. Uh, I created the, 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 the Moin chapter. It was the second biggest office at Nationwide. Over time, I would create like three or four chapters of different offices. Uh, and and uh, when, I, when I left Nationwide a couple of years later, uh, I went over to American Modern and I, I, as a field sales manager or a, or a marketing rep. And, and I had really fallen in love with, with, with this topic of how do we engage millennials within the insurance industry as employees, not as customers. Um, so I, I really missed the work that, that, that myself and, and, and another nationwide, uh, Carly Burnham, and fellow CPCU were doing. So I, she had gone to Erie Insurance. I was now at American Modern, driving around California in the company car. And uh, I called uh, Carly and I said, I really miss the work that we used to do at Nationwide uh, and, and, and uh, with, with Gen Y. Uh, and I said, why don't we do it for the overall industry on LinkedIn? So we started blogging on LinkedIn. And at that time, LinkedIn wouldn't allow you to have two author names on it. So it was showing up on my profile because I had more connections because I'm, because I'm an extrovert. And uh, she was credited, but it wouldn't show up on her profile. So basically, we bought a domain name in order to, to have an, an archive with all the articles for both of us. Uh, and that was Insurance Nerds. Uh, so, oh, so, okay. Yes. So, so, so insnerds.com, because insurancenerds.com was taken. It's no longer, uh, like, like that company has gone out of business. But so it's still insnerds.com. Uh, and and that, that's, that name was born because, because the uh, domain was available. So I... Uh, kept writing a lot about millennials, uh, uh, both how to grow within insurance and how to engage them and retain them. Uh, and I, I ended up speaking at a lot of conferences about that topic. Now it's been like 60 or 70 conferences now. Uh, one day, my girlfriend, who, who, who was a manager at a very, very large global broker, uh, we were living in Atlanta, Georgia, where we live. And uh, she went, no worries. She... she went to manager meetings, came back, um, and, she, and she said, they don't get it. They don't, they don't understand the younger generations. You have to write the book. So I, call, I called Carly and I said, Renee says we have to write the book. Uh, and Carly knew exactly what I, what I meant. And within 90 days, we wrote Insuring Tomorrow. Uh, and uh, basically cool. like Fresh Prince style, my life got twisted upside down. Yeah. Uh, in wonderful, wonderful ways. So I, I was still a middle market underwriter at Liberty when the book came out. I gave a copy to my boss and I even signed it saying, if every manager in insurance was like you, I wouldn't have to write this book, which was honest. Um, so I started getting a lot of more invites and, and very quickly it, it became clear that number one, I didn't have enough vacation time to do all the, all the speaking that I wanted to do. Uh, and, and number two, uh, it became clear that Liberty was never, and, and it's not a Liberty problem. This is a, this is a large company problem. They were never going to be comfortable with, with me being so visible in the industry. And they were eventually going to have me choose between insurance nerds and Liberty. Problem is insurance nerds has no revenue model. So it, I mean, the, we were making a little money from the book, but, but it, this whole thing was not created to make money. So, so uh, I couldn't support myself with insurance nerds. So I had to figure something out. So I ended up at the Jacobson Group, which is the largest recruiting firm within insurance. Kept growing my network. At this point, I had about 13,000 connections on LinkedIn, uh, mostly entry level. Uh, remained very involved with CPCU, kept speaking at conferences. Uh, we started the Profiles in Risk podcast, which is now the largest podcast in insure tech. 
Uh, we publish books for others. We started the Insurance Nerd Slack channel, which is free for everybody, insuranceslack.com. Uh, and uh, I started the, the, the Insurance Nerds YouTube channel, I hosted uh, Insurance Nerds Today, which was a TED-style conference before COVID happened. Hopefully, we'll get back to it. Uh, and uh, my followership uh, on LinkedIn grew to about 19,000 people. Uh, I, so at Jacobson, basically, people thought of me in the industry, people thought of me as the uh, most connected recruiter and the most visible recruiter within insurance. But I wasn't. I wasn't a recruiter. I was a salesperson selling recruiting services. Uh, the company's so large that other people do, do the recruiting, right? And then uh, late last year, they asked me to, to start focusing on insure tech, which I did. And then uh, about eight weeks ago, this is week eight, uh, decided to do what I thought I would never do. And I left Jacobson. Uh, and I basically opened my own shop, which is called uh, Top Hat Recruiting LLC. So now if you look at my LinkedIn, it doesn't say Top Hat, it says Goodwin. So Goodwin is kind of an association of recruiters, and, and, and only two of us are insurance recruiters in all sorts of industries. Uh, so Goodwin... Okay, so, okay. so Goodwin yes. is all... Yes, all so, so Goodwin... Uh, in fact, Goodwin came from hospitality, uh, from restaurants and hotels, okay. and only... At, at around 2020, uh, with the pandemic, they decided to to open up to other recruiters, recruiting in other industries. And now there's almost 100 of us, I think 96 of us as of today, that, that do other industries. Two of two of us are focused on insurance. So basically, my, my, my partner, Kylie, and myself uh, are both focused on building the insurance and insure tech recruiting practice at Goodwin. And we're... Uh, independent contractors, right? I, I own Top Hat. I'm the only employee at Top Hat. No base salary, no draw. We eat what we kill. And the day before training started at Goodwin, I uh, reconnected with my long lost brother. So basically my dad had a son uh, when, when uh, he's 20 years younger. Uh, so so when I was in college, my, my dad, my, my parents are divorced, have been divorced for, for a long time. Uh, so... Uh, and my brother Andres was born in 2002, basically a month before I left for college. I didn't know that he existed until about two years later. Uh, but wow. for the last 18 years, I've known he existed. And my dad and his mom were fighting in court. And, and uh, basically, we had, we had no connection, right? And I always assumed someday I would run into him. Uh, then when, 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 uh, when Renee and I started dating about nine years ago, about, about a year in, when she found out I had a brother, she's like, what? Uh, because I, I was an only child. Uh, my mom had had an, a daughter when I was 16 uh, from her second marriage. Uh, so, so my sister Lucy, I am very close with, but I left for college when she was two. Uh, and, and, uh, but I didn't have any brothers. So basically, I grew up like, like an only child. So uh, Renee looked, looked him up. Uh, all, all I knew was his first and his last name and what part of Costa Rica because, because we do share the last name my dad did give him the last name uh, and, and uh, which part of Costa Rica he lived in uh, so when when I told that to Renee she's like what you have a brother have you looked him up on Facebook and I'm like in my mind Facebook is college students in the states because that's where it was when I when, when I started using right. it right right right, right, uh, right she's like no it's everybody now like so she looks him up and, and she finds him and he, and the, the kid at that time was probably 12. Uh, 12 or 13, and uh, he looks just like me, and I look just like my dad. So, so basically, like, like 
my dad looks at me and 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 he's like, so that's what I looked twenty, uh, what I looked like twenty years ago, and I look at, right. at at Andres and he's like, what I looked like twenty years ago. So we immediately recognized him, and Renee added him on Facebook, uh, with her profile. And finally, after almost five years of being connected, the day before I started my my new role with Goodwin, uh, on July tenth of this year it was Sunday. I I I'm preparing for my new job. Uh, which is really an entrepreneurial move, right? Uh, yeah. And I go shower, I, I come out of the shower and I have a, fa a Facebook message, not from him, from his mom. Uh, and basically reaching out, just saying, I, I think it'd be really good for, for you know, this is who I am. Uh, uh, I think it'd be really good for, for Andres to, to connect with you, to learn more about, about the family. Uh, calls me on Tuesday. Uh, today, I call my dad, again, Zoom call. Uh, and we, I tell him all about it, and we chat till late in the night. And yeah. I, and I basically broker a piece, and they agree to meet that weekend. So they they meet and they get along famously because they're they're a clone of each other, right? So they 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 meet for lunch, uh, they have lunch, then they have dinner, then they have drinks at my dad's place, like they hang out for like ten hours. So, uh, so I get I get home. I'm getting ready to shower. I, I take the COVID test. I start the timer, 15 minutes. It's, it has not been five minutes and I'm positive. I'm very clearly positive. So this was no. last Friday. Yeah, I'm vaccinated and everything, but I'm positive, right? So, so okay. Uh, then I call Andres and I'm like, hey, are you vaccinated? And he was. And I'm like, okay, here, here's the deal. I just tested positive. I have almost no symptoms, just a runny nose. Uh, it's up to you. Should we reschedule? You can't make this stuff up. No, no. This, like, like, I cannot believe this has been crazier than fiction. Like, I could not have written this, right? If, if, wow. if, if so, so um, he's like, it's fine. I'm vaccinated. I've had it. I'll see you tonight. So I go to pick him up at the airport with, with uh, a, a sign that I had prepared that, that says long lost brother and our last name Canyons. Uh, and, and, uh, we hang out for the whole weekend. We got, we got very little sleep. We mostly hung out of my apartment because I'm positive, right? Even though I'm healthy, like, even though I'm not, even, even though I'm basically asymptomatic, um, uh, and, uh, wore masks whenever we went out to get food or whatever, like, like to buy groceries or whatever. Uh, and, and, um, uh, uh, Tuesday morning, he's supposed to go home. So I, so 5 a.m. on three hours to sleep and he got zero sleep. I take him to the airport and, and uh, drop him off. And, and I'm like, dude, come back, come, come back. And uh, uh, I get home, I, I, I nap for like an hour and a half, then I shower, I start working, super tired. Then I get a call from him and I'm like, shouldn't he be on a plane? He, uh, so he made, he made it through security really fast. We were super early because I was afraid he didn't have pre-check and yeah. Atlanta international flight. It's crazy. crazy. Oh, yeah. uh, so without pre-check, it's crazy. Uh, so, so it was early enough. He made it in right away. He got to his gate. He fell asleep and didn't hear the, the PA oh, calling him. No, so he missed yeah. his flights. So he's like, I'm, I'm rebooked for tomorrow morning's flight. Uh, should I take an Uber? And I'm like, just get on the train. <laughs> so anyway, we go to one more day uh, and he just left this morning. Uh, wow. It has been the craziest. Yeah, this year and the last week have been just the Dude. absolutely craziest time of my life. <laughs> that is crazy. It, you it can't make crazy. that kind of story. That's yeah. like a, a Hallmark story or something. That's no, and, wild. And, and, and I, I will, I will tell, I'll tell you one thing. The, the piece that has surprised me the most of the whole thing, I always assumed that eventually we would connect. 
But what sure. has surprised me the most is how quickly he became part of my identity, right? So I always knew he That's existed. That's wild, yeah. Right? But like, if you, if you listen to, to, to the recorded versions of, of my presentation about millennials, I always talk about my sister because I use her as the example of the Gen Z uh, doesn't drive, uh, yeah. takes Uber everywhere. Uh, and I make a little bit of fun, of fun and, and he never gets mentioned because even though I knew he existed, he wasn't real. Right. Right. And then, right. and then we, we had, we have this, the, the zoom chat that the first, you know, on Sunday, the next day, when I'm introducing myself to, to, to the class that's, that's going, you know, uh, through Goodwin's training with me virtually, uh, my interesting fact was about him, right? Like all the, like yeah. all of a sudden I find myself. Uh, he immediately gets added to 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 my immediate yeah, family. Yeah, and now he's a part of your story. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and and it's a really interesting story because so the kid's twenty, um, and and he's a little bit lost. Uh, he has no idea what he wants to do with his life. I mean, he graduated high school, did very well in high school. Uh, like he was the captain of the soccer team, which I never yeah. was. Uh, yeah. And soccer is a big deal in Costa Rica. Uh, he had okay grades. Uh, he graduates and and starts college. And COVID hits two months later, right? Yeah. Um, so we are very ADHD, all three of us, my dad, him, and me. So, <laughs> so he doesn't do well, right? Uh, drops right. out, switches schools, like, like drops out again. Like he just hasn't found his place yet. But he's only 20. Uh, sure. So a lot, of, a lot of the weekends, uh, so the first call, I spent a lot of it telling him about the family. And uh, the, this weekend that we were actually in person, I spent a lot of it. Uh, on basically a giant chat with 20 conversations. Chat with 20 is my free career advice service. Uh, basically a giant chat with 20 conversations, helping him figure out what he wants to do with his life. Uh, right. right? Uh, so very I, similar to your job in recruiting. Exactly, exactly. It, like it's, it's weird because I feel like I am eminently prepared to advise yeah. him about this. It's and cool how God works those things out. It, 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 it's like talking to myself 20 years ago. Right. Because we're so similar. Sure. So, so like, I know exactly what to, the, so um, I, I told him I, I missed 20 birthdays. So I, I got you 20 gifts oh, uh, wow. and, and they were mostly books, Yeah, uh, books that have made a great difference in my life and my career, basically. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I just tried to provide, provide him some direction and, and help him find his way. Dude, that is so cool. It has been so super cool. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm so glad you shared that story. I got to hear it live right here on the podcast. I think the audience will be on the edge of their seat like I was. How cool was that story? As you guys know, Tony, uh, you know, that's even more special. And, uh, you know, another thing about you, you didn't bring up, but, you know, I thought you were going to say it, but a lot of people, when they know you, they kind of think of you like the mascot for the insurance industry. So, I mean, so, so, so I think of myself as the mascot. It's really funny. People... Uh, often kind of think, all, yeah yeah exactly so people often think that i have a lot more power than i have so people, people think that, that <laughs> right. like, like i have never been a manager i've been a sales manager what 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 the agents call a marketing rep right but i've i've i was never a people leader um i am very visible and i do have a ton of education about the industry and i'm very passionate about the industry I'm, and 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 i have had an effect in the industry for sure uh for example student loan reimbursement I can, I, I can show you uh, how I was the first person writing about student loan reimbursement with insurance, and it's now a thing at, at several carriers, yeah. right? So, so I've had a big effect on this industry, uh, and I continue to, but uh, I've never even been a manager, 
right? It's, a, it's an influence without authority kind of thing. Exactly. Um, you and, know. and the other thing that happens, people run, run into me and, and go like, oh my God, like I, like I know insurance nerds, you're an amazing entrepreneur. And I'm like, well, entrepreneur implies that the thing makes money. <laughs> right. You know, it's funny that you, know, you say that because I get that a lot too, being the mayor of insurance town. When you have a podcast or you give yourself that name or that moniker, you immediately develop that. And people look at me like I have this authority or mm. like I have this power or like I've been elected at this position. And so they come to me looking for advice, which is how I got into consulting, where they call me up looking for this or that, or, you know, hey, could you call my local commissioner? We're having this issue. And I'm like, <laughs> not really the mayor, but it's fun. It's a lot of fun to go through that. So I kind of get it is that a lot with of fun. you. And, and so it's been kind of my, my stick and I've stuck with it for the last two years, even prior to being the Insurance Town podcast host. You know, I kind of had that moniker forever because I, like you, have a huge passion for the industry. Always have, always will. And if you've ever, you know, if anybody listens to my show more than, you know, four or five episodes, you know, I'm all about the industry. I'm all about relationships and I'm all about, you know, building this, you know, industry the best way I can and leaving it better than I found it. And so I say all that, you know, leading up to, you know, for me, um, several of the speaking gigs I've gotten over the last 20 years have been to college students or young people or millennials, awesome. as you would say, about the industry and try to recruit people into the industry. We have a local college here in Arkansas that's, you know, recognized for being one of the better schools for the insurance industry called University of Central Arkansas. And, um, you know, I've gone, I guess, three or four times now to speak to the industry, you know, the, the kids are going into the risk management degree because of the passion that I have for it, and you have shared with that as well. Hey, um, so Arkansas is one of the very few states. There's, I, I've been to about 42 states uh, and like 70 countries because of my girlfriend's travel. But, but uh, I've never been to Arkansas. So if the big eye of Arkansas wants to speak on millennials... You can get a sweetheart deal because I'd, I'd love to have an excuse. Yes. Okay. So that, that could easily happen. You know, it's funny I you say that, that because my wife runs the PIA of Arkansas. And so if PIA of Arkansas, uh, we'll, yes. we'll, 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 uh, you'd get a sweetheart deal. Yes. Well, it's funny because we, we're planning the event now for next year. And guess who's in charge of the speaker committee? And but my, my session on millennials plays really well at Big Eye. Uh, I, I did Big Eye of South Carolina and Big Eye yeah. of Virginia the same year. I think it was 2018. Yeah. Uh, and it, it went really, really well. And then my, my, my session, uh, which I, of course, keep updating, but but uh, I, it's very interactive. And at the end, I survey the crowd uh, using the app uh, on, on on how was it? Uh, bad, so, good, very good right. or excellent? 92% historic, in the overall history of the presentation, 60 or 70 times, 92% of people have rated it as very good or excellent. Last That's time awesome. I gave it, 100% rated it as excellent. It was the only That's time incredible. I've given it post-COVID. Okay, so two couple questions. Actually, a couple yeah. questions I want to get into with you. Number one, do you, knowing your age now, because you brought it up earlier, technically you are a millennial. Yeah. Do you, do you identify as a millennial or a Gen X? No, no, no. I, I, so... Depending on the demographer, because this is not an exact science, uh, the, the cutoff for the beginning of millennial is somewhere between 1978 and 1982. I'm right. from December 82. So I'm so like it would be really hard to classify me as Gen X. Uh, now, depending on 
like those of us in the, in the cusp in between generations, we, we tend to, to lean towards one side or the other, but have both kind of thing. Uh, I'm very millennial. And, and the reason for that is, is so because- you do identify I, as millennial. Yeah, no, no. And, and, and here's the thing. If, if I was the youngest kid and the youngest, if I was the youngest child and the youngest cousin, chances are I would identify much more Gen X, uh, but I'm the oldest. So, so I, so, so I didn't have anybody older yeah. to, to, to kind of pull me toward, towards sure. Gen X. Uh, ultimately, I, I'm most, I'm most definitely an Xennial, which is the micro generation, which straddles a little, a couple of years of millennial, a couple of years yeah. of. See, of, I, I was 1980. So I've studied on that as a little bit myself. You're, you're, so. you're standing literally in the middle of between. Yeah. So I identify more Gen X. Then I do and are, are, are you the youngest kid? No. Um, okay. So I actually just identify, you know, more that way. But I do have a lot of millennial tendencies and a lot of that in me. But we are at a mid-roll ad, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, sorry to interrupt this fantastic episode. But I want to talk to you about my uh, good friends over at Canopy Connect, your one-click solution to getting all those deck pages you need to quote your prospect. If uh, if you're looking for a great solution for your referral partners or for your producers out there, account managers, people working with your prospects to get that information, the deck pages to complete that quote, to complete that transaction, go to Canopy Connect. Go to usecanopy.com backslash heath. And check this out. Uh, they are your one-click solution to get the deck pages you need to quote your prospect. Go to Canopy Connect. Use Canopy.com. Also, my good friends over at Smart Choice, your, uh, your, your awesome solution, your partner, your friend in the business is going to help you. Whether you're a startup looking for markets or you've been around the block, you've been around the agency world, but you need another market. You need a, a friend. You need a help. You need someone to come alongside you and help you with market access or advice or things like that, go to smartchoiceagents.com. They come in with no fees. They come in uh, not wanting to own part of your business. They just want to provide you market access and they work off a commission split. And that's only the carriers they provide to you. So uh, what's what's the harm here? No harm, no foul. It's a great opportunity for you. Go to smartchoiceagents.com and check it out. Tell them the mayor sent you. You'll be so glad that you did. Now, Let's get back to the show. As I was growing up, the, the internet, AOL, iPhones, all those things came out right there well, in that. I was high school, college, all of that. So yeah, right, right. So so you're 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 gonna you're gonna behave older than a guy who was born the same day as you in San Francisco. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. right? So. Yeah, so that'd be my first question. My second question being now, and I've been really caught up in this a lot lately. I'll be real honest with you. The whole Gen Y um, and like this other generation now, my kids uh, are Gen yeah. Z. Alpha, so, that's what it is. Yes, my youngest so, so, is Alpha. Okay, okay, that makes sense. That's what so, I'm yes. thinking of. So my so, oldest and my middle child are Gen Z. But anyhow, the point being, uh, yeah. I guess, to ask my question is, have you started doing any research on this Gen Y? Is there yes. starting to be 20s now? Uh, on, the, on Gen Z. Yes, yes, yes. Gen so, Z, sorry, so my bad. What, what started happening. Gen Z, Gen Z, Gen Z. Yeah, Gen well, Z. what started happening is 
the first gen seers started graduating college like just before COVID, basically, like the year. Yeah. Before so, have you started right? doing that study yet? Yes. So, 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 questions started coming up in my presentation about Gen Z, right? Sure. And 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 my book does have a, a small chapter about Gen Z, um, and it, it's based on the chapter Gen Z at work, Gen Z uh, at symbol work, uh, and, and but it's a very small chapter. Um, so I started answering questions about them and I started doing more research about them. Um, and of course they, they become more and more relevant. So I start about three years ago, I started writing the book, like, like basically, so, so my book is how to engage millennials within insurance. Uh, immediately I said, I'm going to write a second one, which is the career guide for, for young insurance professionals. I have the outline and I have not written the book. It's been like five years. Uh, and then like two years later, I started write, writing the book about how to engage Gen Z with insurance. And this one took me 90 days. That one, I'm three years in and making very little <laughs> progress. So, because Gen Zers now, or no, millennials now are in their 30s now. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, the oldest millennials have turned 40, right? Yeah, that's and, what and I'm the saying. Youngest, the, the, the youngest mi 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 millennials, uh, which would be 90, 94, uh, I'm literally doing the math in my computer, uh, are almost 30, are 28. So, yeah, so, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. So, it's younger than 28 are Gen Z. Uh, yeah, so you're looking at so, Gen Z being a bigger coming so, up. So I'm doing a ton of research on them. Good. And uh, I'm writing the book about them, about how to engage them in insurance. But it's going a lot slower because I'm not one of them. So it's not a natural yeah. fit for me, right? So I, I, I did realize that. So my co-author for this book is not Carly. Carly's moved on to, to other person. I mean, she's still with insurance nerds, but, but she's not into the generations thing anymore. Right. Um, so I recruited uh, a, a young woman to, to, who's a Gen Seer to help me write it. And then uh, she both got a big promotion and had a child and didn't have time. So she backed out. So then I, I recruited a guy, uh, Darren Bloomfield. Darren used to run the, the like college podcast for, for the National Alliance. And I had met him at Gamma Sigma, very smart kid. He just started working earlier this year uh, as an underwriter at QBE. Uh, and uh, he was losing the podcast at National Alliance because he was graduating. And I'm like, dude, you want to keep doing it? Do it at Insurance Nerds. So he runs a podcast at Insurance Nerds called A Day in the Life, where he interviews people about what their day job is like in insurance. Uh, and we're, we're partnering on this book. And he's making progress. I'm not. <laughs> there you go. But so yeah, I'd be interested to see some of that. I'll be interested to see when that comes out because there's a, a vast difference from what I understand in millennials yes. and Gen Zs. Mm -hmm. And again, it's been but, coming at me fast as no, my kids are Gen Zers and um, now Alpha as she's nine going on 10 now. But, you know, my kids are teaching me things like that. So it's such a the millennial thing. And I'm like so two, two or three radical differences, basically. Yeah. Hit me, please. Uh, most millennials were raised by baby boomers. Okay. Yes. A hundred percent. Most Gen Zers were raised by Gen Xers. Yes. Right. So, so baby boomers and Gen Xers had very different parenting philosophies. Baby boomers were, were all about, we want you to have it better than we did. And the economy was, was really, really good in the 90s, right? So uh, generations that grow up during a time of, of economic boom, uh, this is well-documented going back in history, end up being a little spoiled and they grow up slower. They're dreamers, okay? Yeah. Uh, not the political definition of dreamers, but the sure. head in the clouds. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, idealists, they're idealists, right? Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Uh, so millennials want a mission in, in their job, okay? Uh, but they also need to be able to be able to pay their student loans. Gen 
uh, Gen Xers are skeptical. So right, the millennials, right? I, you, you, you came home with an eight place ribbon in, a, in an eight lane pool and you had a pizza party uh, while Gen, Gen Sears still came home with, with the ribbon because we kept doing the whole no, don't keep scoring baseball thing, but, but they would get home, right? I, I, saw, I saw you roll your eyes. That's a very yeah. Gen X thing. Right. That's a very Gen X thing. Exactly. So that's exactly what happened, right? So, so my, I mean, my if you're old a loser, boss, you're a loser. You don't get a ribbon. Yeah. But anyway, my, 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 my old boss at, 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 at Jacobson, uh, Brad Watley, uh, actually told the story. And when he told it, I was like, I am so going to use that in, in my sessions from now on. So he's a Gen Xer. So yeah. his, his oldest kid, uh, comes like eight years old, comes home with, with you know an eighth place ribbon. And, 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 and Brad go, goes... This means nothing if you don't win and shreds it literally. Yes. Right. So, so Gen X, so, so, so Gen Zers, even though they got a trophy for showing up, they're very competitive because Gen Xers raised them to be very competitive. Also, the economy had changed. So, so Gen Zers saw uh, the, the crash of 09, right? They were young, but they saw it and they saw how deeply it affected their parents. Uh, no, 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 number, number two, they graduated into into the into, uh, they finished college. The oldest ones finished college and graduated into the COVID era, right? So radically different from from prior generations. Uh, and the, the final thing that's different is I uh, I, I went to a pr fancy private school. I was the only right. one in my class that didn't have a cell phone. But this was two thousand and one. I got I got my first flip phone when I arrived in college two thousand and two. Uh, I've had an iPhone since I've been working professionally, maybe a year after I started working, maybe like 08, I started working professionally in 06. My sister, who was born in 98, has had an iPhone in her pocket since she was 10, maybe younger, right? Since middle right. school. So for example, for me, driving age in Costa Rica is not 16, it's 18. I got my license the day I turned 18. My sister, because that, that was freedom, right? Sure. My sister is 24 and doesn't drive. Because yeah. she can just Uber everywhere, right? Because she lives in a big urban area. My my mom's a doctor. She has a, Lucy has an unlimited Uber budget. Uh, she she hasn't learned how to drive, right? Radically different because the you world know, was radically different, and they were raised by radically different different people. Agreed. One of the other things that I find fascinating, and this is a totally weird. I want to see if you think anything of this. So. I, I do a lot of conferences, right? Like you, we speak at conferences, we go to conferences. My wife runs conferences, the whole nine yards. Uh, so I, I think that you know it's fair. I can I can have this judgment and see what you think about it. So growing up, me going to conferences in my twenties, being a Gen Xer, we would party. I mean, like throw down <laughs> party. Uh -huh. I noticed as I got older, in my you know late thirties, early forties. This generation of millennials, they don't party. They go to work, they come home, you know, or they go to the the part, the little bar at the conference for the happy hour, and they're done. Like, so are, are you sure they're in their rooms, and then they're getting up the next morning early, and they're going over. All they care about is content, content, so work. Are, 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 but we're talking millennials, not Gen Zers. We're talking Gen Y, not Gen Z. Mine. Gen Y. Now, to continue this argument, okay. to, to continue this that I've noticed because mm -hmm. I still at 42 years old, I still like to, to go have a few drinks. I like to get out. Mm -hmm. I like to stay out late, you know, um, not a big deal, but I noticed now this younger generation coming up, 
the 24, 25, 28 year olds, whatever it is, they'll party. Uh, I, I was wondering if there was anything to that. So, so, so one one thing that I where, where I thought you were going is that, <laughs> that so so at conferences I I am the last person to to like the bar closed at, at home I go to bed at eight and I wake right, up at five. right right but conferences uh, is different at, at the conference I like at ITC I didn't even book a, a hotel for for Thursday because I know that that by the time I get back from the concert it'll be time to leave for for my six a.m. flight so I didn't right. even get a hotel. Uh, that's hilarious. I'm self-employed now, so I'm not under, under the big corporate purse anymore, right? Right. Uh, so it's tax deductible, but it's still expensive. Uh, sure it so, is. So, so um, um, at conferences, I really maximize the the the, the networking, uh, yeah. which involves a lot of partying. Uh, what but what I have noticed is, is that for boomers and maybe even Gen Xers, uh, on a business trip, they their most comfortable place at the end of the day is, is the hotel bar, even yes. those that don't drink. Yes. They're there to network, right? Exactly. Um, right? Uh, millennials, myself included, my most comfortable place is in my room with good Wi-Fi. Yes. What is that? So, That's what I'm getting at. Okay. So I'm, I, because, well, be, because I am so immersed in, 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 in the, in the virtual world that it, it, it feels like I'm like, like I don't feel alone. Because I am interacting with people on LinkedIn, on Slack, on Discord. Yeah, I mean, right? do you feel like there's some FOMO to that? That you feel like you're missing out on things if you're not on? Probably, probably. But at the conference, I definitely, like, like I do understand that in-person yes. uh, networking is more powerful. But the thing is, uh, at the conference, those are insurance or, te- or insure tech people. Those are my people. Uh, at, at a random uh, business travel hotel... Most of those people are not insurance or insure tech people. They're just whatever business people happen to be in town. So I don't care about networking with them. Right. So for me, that's why. But I, gotcha. I, I will pay attention because I, I'm, I'm thinking like my my, my I think my you're right. Are, are, are yeah, turning. I think you're onto something with the whole, um, you know, being connected to the to the as we call it the genetics at, of the interwebs. At the conference, like, like I, I can't find anything in the theory. That answers sure. the, the, the the why. So so I really want to make a video like like just before you should, ITC. You should take a look at it. Yeah, I will. But I will. I will. And and and, and career advice wise for any young professionals listening. Yes, please do. If you do go to Big Eye or or to Namek or to or CPU PIA or PLRB or PIA or or uh, right, there's so many. I've, I've been to so many of them. Uh, or ITC or whatever. Uh, do do the happy hour like like, like the yeah. biggest value of the conference is 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 not the speakers the biggest value of the conference is the network make the most out of it yeah i agree i completely agree with you um so definitely do that and i try to tell people all the time when i go to those things i'm like you're here to network not be in your room or you'll see all the and i hate to say millennials but i'll say the younger generation than me on their phones in the corner. Well, and yes, not we're, 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 we're addicted. Like, there's no question about it. Now, yeah, and it's just, and again, that's nothing like mind blowingly, like, that's an obvious statement, but at the same time, it's crazy to me. Th- there is one thing that comes to mind that you just made me think of. In, okay. in my session about millennials, I always say, uh, just because, because uh, the reason I started wearing my Superman shirt, which, which, which is my, uh, my author photo. Right. Yeah. Uh, the reason I the reason I started using my Superman shirt 
um, is because I wanted cognitive dissonance between how much I know about insurance, how well I know the industry, all my designations, 10 designations, yeah. and how ridiculous I looked on stage speaking with <laughs> a Superman shirt. Okay? Right. At an insurance conference. That's how it started. Okay. Um, and and the part of the point that I'm that I that I make like I go out of my way to make is just because the kid doesn't dress the way you expect him to dress at work, just because he doesn't shake your hand the way you want him to shake your hand, just because his resume is not written the way you want it to be written, doesn't mean he's not going to be a great performer. Let's give him the feedback or her, yeah. uh, give him the feedback, and maybe they just never have had the, the, the advice. Um, give them the feedback and then judge. Uh, so maybe maybe it's similar. Similar. Maybe most of us just did not like our parents just didn't go out of their way to to, to say uh, at conferences the biggest value is the networking. Don't go hide in your room because for them it was so natural. Why would they go hide in the room? They would get bored. The only thing they would have is a TV back when they were young, right? Before right. technology. But and I now say, for us right. it's so easy to get distracted in, in the room. You're you're right. That could be this. it. The one thing that I've noticed about the millennial generation, I've never studied it in my life. I'm just purely speculating like what I've noticed. Um, what I've hold, hold on. Are, are you saying you haven't read my book? Not yet. I'm going to. <laughs> I didn't know it existed till today, but now I'm going oh, okay, to. Okay, okay, okay. That's, my, that, that, that's my bad marketing. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, so one of the things that I will say that I have noticed is the whole, and maybe it's a millennial thing, maybe it's not, but the whole work-life balance, eight to five, you know, 40 hours a week yes. thing has gone away. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 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 So, so this is big. Okay. Boomers. Boomers were raised, especially boomer men. Boomers were raised. Even my dad in Costa Rica, who's a boomer, was like, we just had this conversation when he visited. Uh, boomers were raised. Work is the only thing that matters, right? Your one job so to speak your, your one responsibility especially as a man is to provide for your family and to maximize your earnings it doesn't matter if you like what you're doing right like like the very question to my dad and my dad's super like forward thinking in a lot of things but one of his employees tell, telling him that he'll that, that he doesn't find the job engaging it it doesn't compute in his head he's like did i not pay you last week right right it, but at the same time, he raised me to go do what you love, right? And that, that's what happened. Boomers uh, were raised themselves to work, 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 work till you drop dead, uh, even if you don't see the kids. Uh, it, it, and uh, they raised their kids saying, don't make the same mistake I made. Do something right. you love, have work-life balance. But do you think so that'll what, come back around with Gen Xers raising the next generation, do you think it'll be a different? No, no because Gen, Gen Xers have something really interesting, which is Gen Xers were the last generation who were raised and came into the working world expecting lifetime employment, expecting to be company men. And they found out halfway through that that, that, that world had stopped existing. Pensions started going away. Uh, downsizings became normal in the 80s with, with, the, with the corporate raiders. And I don't remember this, I, I, right? I was born in 82. I'm just a nerd with, a, with an MBA and a nerd. In the 80s, the corporate raiders would go and buy companies that were inefficient, turn them around, meaning downsize a bunch of people and improve the processes, fill them up with debt and then sell them off, right? And people would lose their jobs and their pension plans, right? And pensions went away, were replaced with 401k. Right. 
So, so your generation, and, and especially those a little bit older than you, were raised for a world, for, for, for a working world that changed around you. So, right. so a lot of Gen X raised their kids. No, like, like, like yes, you, you, you want to work hard. You want to work smart more than anything. And yes, you want to make a lot of money, but you don't belong to a company. Uh, right. Right. So, right? And so, so it's a very different perspective. No, it sure is. And I agree with that. Uh, and and for, for, if we bring it all the, all the way around, for insurance agencies, which tend to be smaller than insurance carriers, right? Sure. Uh, there's exceptions, but generally, right? The majority of them are smaller. Uh, yeah, 90%. Um, yeah. Right. And if they're family owned, maybe, maybe grandpa started it. And now right. dad is running it, right? And that's in his 50s. Uh, the, and they have, let's say, 10 employees, maybe 20, maybe less than, right? Yeah. They, don't, they don't have 10,000 employees, right? Um, it's very hard for them to realize how radically the world changed when it comes to work. And so, so you get things, th and, all, and also, we haven't even talked about student loans, right? Uh, that's another big thing that millennials and Gen Zers are dealing with. So, so I get a lot of questions at conferences. So I hired a, a bright kid. I'm teaching him the, or her the ropes. They've been here for, for a year. I have great hopes that they're going to take over the agency someday. And they leave for a $2,000 a year raise. Right? Yeah. Right? No, I hear and, you. And, and, and the boomer owner is like banging their head against the wall. And, and my question is, well, did you tell them that they were the perpetuation future? Did you tell them how to get there? Did you explain to them how to grow? Right. Did, did you offer help paying the, their student loans? Uh, did, did, right. Did, did you did you find ways to meet them where they're at? No, you just assumed, and, and it's a very human thing to do. You just no, it really is. You've got yeah. They could have told them about the perpetuation plan. They yeah. could have told them that they were this, or given them the roadmap to get to where they wanted to be. Exactly. So there are things we can do. And sure. Some of them involve money. Some of them don't. The number one complaint. So so chatwithtony.com uh, is is my free career advice website for any insurance professional. Uh, carrier, broker, current, future insurance professional. Okay. The number one complaint I get is I don't know how to grow. It is I do the job, and this happens more at bigger companies, but still, I do the job. I don't understand how I'm measured. I get to the end of the, of the year, and here's your three out of five rating and your 2% raise. Or now with inflation, here's your, here's, here's your three out of five rating and your three and a half percent raise when we have 90% inflation. Uh, which is basically a salary decrease in real terms. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, and then you, you, they ask, okay, how do I get a four next year? Uh, a four out of five, or how do I get a five? What, what, what else do I need to do in order yeah. to grow? And, and they, especially at big companies, they get told, just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great. Well, if I was doing great, why did I only yeah. get a 2% raise, right? Uh, so, so that disconnects. The number one thing that, that, that they're asking, that, that, that millennials and, and Gen Sears ask me, is how do I grow? Nobody's telling me how to grow. Well, that's again where I think, and I wish we could dive into the subject more, but we've already run up to an hour. And, we, uh, we 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 can do a second part, no problem. We have to. We have yeah. to. I I'm I'm more than happy to. I, I know that you have a. I, can't, uh, you have to I go. cannot wait another hour, another year though. So you're gonna have to let me. Oh, do this. yeah, no, 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 no worries. Absolutely, we'll do part two soon. But I do want to say that's to me where I think the whole side hustle thing is um, coming to play. We, we could record part two in person in Vegas. 
I like that. Okay. Okay. So we'll, we'll figure that out. Go ahead. Yeah. But no, I think that's where the side hustles come into play so much over the last 10 years. So oh, many people. So let, let me tell you about the side hustles. Okay. So Jim Sears. the side hustle and then we'll wrap up here in a minute. Perfect. Jim Sears are generation in panic. They are in panic mode because they saw their parents downsize in 09 and lose pensions. And then they themselves were affected in, in 2020. Okay. They are in panic mode. Um, so in a world, so millennials see security as I'm going to, I'm going to learn all I can. I'm going to, I'm going to take advantage of as much tuition reimbursement as you can give me uh, so that if you don't need me tomorrow, I can land somewhere else. Gen Sears, their version of it is that plus uh, I'm also going to drive Uber or I, I'm going to, I'm going to open right. a, 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 an Etsy store or whatever. I'm going to have a side gig so that if you don't need me tomorrow, I've got something to fall back on, to fall back on while I find my next role. That's why the side gigs are so big. Yeah. And the gig economy and the whole nine. So, yeah. Um, you know, I, I want to give you a couple of minutes uh, to tell a little bit about Top Hat, how they can find you. Yeah. So, uh, so on, on LinkedIn. Got people excited to talk to yeah. you now. So on LinkedIn, it's good when recruiting. So first of all, add oh, me yeah, on LinkedIn. I, I add me on LinkedIn. I'm really easy to find. And I accept anybody that's in insurance. And if you want to chat about your talent, your talent challenges, let's chat. Um, my email is tcanas, T and my last name, C-A-N, like Nancy, A-S, like Sam, at goodwindrecruiting.com. Um, and we would, love, we would love to chat. Now, if you are looking for, uh, if, if you are okay with remote account managers, I can, and, and, you're, and you're paying them fairly, uh, I can find you as, as one, I can find you 30. Like how many do you need? We can find them. Okay. Right. No problem. Shoot, shoot if, in a barrel. Yes, exactly. We can do it. Uh, if you are not remote friendly, I'm happy to help you, but, but the search is much harder. You are likely to have to overpay for talent. I'm guessing by about 20 to 25%. And you are much more likely to become a target of my poaching than <laughs> to benefit from me helping you. But if, 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 if I'm doing a search for you, I won't steal people from you. So let's do right. the search. Even if I don't fill it, <laughs> you're still right. protected from me stealing people from you. <laughs> no, the, awesome. big, the biggest thing, and we can help with account managers. We can help with producers. We can help with claims people. We can help with any insurance role. Um, but, and, and, and we'll still help you even if you're not remote friendly. But for, for the health of your business, you really should become remote friendly. That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. You guys go check this out. Go find him on LinkedIn. You know, look up Goodwin Recruiting. Look him up. Do the whole th the whole thing. You know, find him on Profiles at Risk. Look for him at Insurance Nerds. All the things he's a part of. You can type in Insurance Mascot and you'll see his face in the top hat. <laughs> I haven't tried I mean, that. You should. I have. Um, no, there's a lot of cool things about this guy. And I'm going to have you come on and do part two really soon. Uh, I appreciate you coming to hang out with me. Um, I wish I didn't have to go, but it's already been an hour, and I don't want to lose you. I, 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 yeah, hopefully, dude. I didn't make you late. Don't speak too much. <laughs> no, I will not. I appreciate you more than you know, brother. I will Anytime. talk to you Thank soon, you. brother. Looking forward to the next one. Yes, sir.
Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us today in the podcast. I appreciate you uh, being a part of the show. I appreciate you listening. And uh, I hope that the content that Tony and I brought you uh, made you a better insurance professional. If you have an idea for your own show, go to getreadysetpodcast.com. That's getreadysetpodcast.com. Ready, Set Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.